Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. They all ate and were satisfied. When was the last time that I let God satisfy my soul? Do I really hunger for God? Do I long for the bread of life? All ways of getting at the same big question. What does the Eucharist really mean for me? You may have heard there was an ordination recently in Milwaukee. I was there. I've lived to tell, the, tell about it. Survived. It was beautiful. Couldn't have done it without your prayers, so thank you. Uh, still kind of reeling and breathless uh, from it all. Uh, but preceding the ordination on Saturday, the 8th of June, all of the Jesuits from the Midwest get together and there's a program. And the theme this year was on evangelization, how to preach the good news of Jesus Christ risen from the grave in a postmodern and in many ways post-Christian world. And of course, when you get 300 Jesuits together in the same room, there are at least 400 different opinions. <laughs> so buckle in, right? But I was at a small breakout table and one of the guys said, you know, we need to find a way to share sort of like best practices, things that people are doing that work well. Because I'll tell you, I heard this really cool thing about this family. This family that I know went out, they went to Walmart, they bought a jar, they brought it home and they labeled it gratitude. And what they do is all throughout the week, they put into that jar all the graces and gifts that they've received that they're grateful for as a family. Home, school, work, etc. And what they do is they show up to Mass a little early on Sunday with all those notes from their jar. And they read through them together as a family. <clears throat> and when I heard this, I said to myself, wow, that's a family that's living the Eucharist. That's a family who understands that the Eucharist is a fancy Greek word for thanksgiving, for gratitude. I'm not saying we all need to go out and buy jars, but I am saying that we want, especially on this feast day of Corpus Christi, to ask ourselves, what does the Eucharist really mean for me, in my life, for my family? I think today's feast and today's gospel in a particular way give us some pillars of a Eucharistic life, a life rooted and grounded in the Eucharist. And I'm just going to highlight three, three pillars, silence, sight, and service. Together, silence, sight, and service. And we're off. Very good. So a Eucharistic life, it seems to me, begins in silence, right? Because as the disciples tell to Jesus, we are here in a deserted place. When was the last time... I let myself, I found myself alone with God in the silence. Jesus says later, have them sit down. Have them sit down. Folks, it's so hard for us to sit today. And not just when we're kids crawling around, not just when we're busy adolescents, when we're adults, when we're priests. Right now, Father Walt's sitting there saying, how long is Father Brian <laughs> going to preach today? I'm just getting started. We're on the first pillar, right? We're on the first pillar. So, 
It's hard for us to sit, not just because of the culture we live in that bombards us with text messages and videos and tweets, so many images. We are just bombarded. And we're all becoming kind of addicted to machines. That's one reason why it's hard for us to sit. Another is because we're terrified of silence. Because it's in the silence that we're faced with all the brokenness and baggage in our lives. The brokenness and the baggage and the loneliness in our lives. And it's really uncomfortable. And so we'd rather just keep moving. We'd rather just stay busy. But it's only in the silence that we can come to feel our profound hunger for something more, for someone more, for a God who alone can satisfy the longings of our hearts. St. Augustine famously said, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in thee. And so the question is, do I let myself rest? Do I let myself be found by God in a deserted place, even if that means three to five to ten minutes a day alone sitting there? And if I don't know what to say, that's okay, because I'm in the presence of God. Come, Lord Jesus, fill me and feed me. First pillar, silence in a deserted place, sitting alone with God. And what happens as we sit there is that something begins to change in us. Something begins to move. Our sight begins to change. And that's the second pillar, right? As we pray, St. Paul has this beautiful line in the second letter to the Corinthians. For all of us gazing upon the Lord with unveiled faces are being transformed into his very image. Into his very image. Folks, this is why we leave the corpus, the body, up on the cross, so that we can contemplate the corpus, the body of Christ. Aristotle, the great Greek philosopher, he says, we become what we contemplate. We become what we contemplate. This is why we leave the body upon the cross. This is why we build Eucharistic adoration chapels and invite people to come and spend time before the bread of life because gazing upon the Lord with unveiled faces, we become what we contemplate. And this changes everything, actually. This changes everything. It changes how we see God, and it changes how we see neighbor. God is no longer this thunderbolt-throwing Greek deity in the heavens, nor is he the clockmaker God that was so important for the founding fathers of this great country. He is an incarnational God, that is to say, a God who has taken flesh, right? From the very moment of his birth, Bethlehem, meaning the house of bread, From the very moment of his birth, Jesus is saying, I want to feed you. I am bread for your life and for your journey. And salvation then is not something that falls from the sky. It's being fed by God and letting his life become our own and transform us from within. And so we get to see how close God is to us. A God who is so close to us. So close that we'd rather sometimes keep him at an arm's distance but he wants to come into the depths of our being. It changes how we see God. Also, how discreet God is, right? Under the form of bread and wine, God will never force himself upon us. Never. How deeply he respects our own freedom, our own liberty, more deeply than we respect it ourselves. God is there waiting for us, knocking on the door. So this changes how we see God, and that in turn changes how we see neighbor. If we come to see the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, We come to see, as as Mother Teresa famously said, Jesus in disguise. 
in our brothers and sisters. Recognizing the presence of Christ here in this Eucharistic feast sends us out into the world to recognize Christ in our brothers and sisters, especially those most in need. And all of a sudden, we're not dealing with problems to be solved. The poor on the streets, the elderly in the nursing home, the criminals in the prisons, the unborn in the wombs of their mothers, these aren't problems to be solved. These are people to be loved. These are children of God created in the same image and likeness of God, that is to say the image and likeness of the Son, Christ, who has become visible for us so we can contemplate that image. These are children of God redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus that we're about to receive ourselves. And this leads us, friends, from silence to sight to service. This is the dynamic of our Christian lives. Jesus says, give them some food yourselves. How much, how often we would like God to just do everything, right? But what we see here is that our God is not a micromanager. He delegates, he empowers. And we see our true dignity as Christians is actually to collaborate with God, to labor with God. We become what we receive in this Eucharistic feast. We become what we receive, that is to say, bread for the life of the world. And we know that we live in a world that all too often opposes spirituality and religion, right? I'm spiritual, but not religious. Perhaps this feast can remind us of the great gift that we can so often take for granted in our faith, that there is no more profound spirituality, I dare say, my friends. There is no more profound spirituality than that offered by our Catholic faith, the sacraments, that is to say that God comes to us as food under the form of bread and wine, to transform our hearts from within, our lives, our brokenness, our baggage, to heal us, to feed us, to nourish us, to empower us, and then to send us out into a broken world to become bread and food for others. Perhaps to sum up, as we ask ourselves, as we pray this week, am I living a Eucharistic life? Perhaps we can ask ourselves, am I letting God feed me? And am I laboring with God to feed others. We ask, Lord, for this grace that you come and feed us in this Eucharistic feast. Let us become what we receive and so labor with you in feeding a world in need. Amen. Amen. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. Please be seated. I promise this won't be a second homily, but if today is the feast of the body and blood of, of Christ, Corpus Christi, Eucharist, Thanksgiving, I just have a few words of thanks. First of of all, to the parish family at large. Uh, Some of you may not know me, some of you knew me from when I was a lad. I went to grade school with folks. Person who has cut my hair since I was five years old is here. Uh, You know, and then parish families, and there are too many to mention, that have loved me and supported me and nurtured my vocation all throughout grade school and high school and college and the marathon that is Jesuit formation, all of which is to say I wouldn't be here without all of you, without this parish family. It's not lost on anyone. This is not a Jesuit parish, but it's significant that the Society of Jesus, both last summer as a deacon and now this summer as a priest, has sort of loaned me, a loner priest now this summer, uh, to kind of learn the ropes here. It's a sign of how much I have received from this parish. It's also a sign of, of how much I still have to receive from this parish. And so I'm so grateful uh, to this uh, community of faith for your love, prayers, and support. Um, 
I have three people to honor briefly uh, with a gift for each one. Uh, The first, uh, behind every good priest, which is what I hope to become, is a great mom. And let me tell you, I have the best. So mom, come on up here. Surprise. So I'll keep this brief. And we're... Smile. I I surprised you. Because you you knew about the other two, but you didn't know about you. So uh, I'll keep this brief. Mom, you have been my first and greatest teacher. Uh, Taught me how to love and to serve. You took me to church. You brought me up in this parish. We did great things like St. Catherine's back in the day. um, And uh, TST back when that was a thing. uh, And uh, Appalachian service trips. And um, always encouraging me to grow and faith, hope, and charity, and love, and service. And so I am so grateful. And as I said to you at my first Mass in Milwaukee, I will never cease to say it. Any good that I do as a priest, any good that I do as a priest, will bear all the marks uh, of your maternal love. And so thank you uh, for the gift of life and love, for my vocation. And I have a little uh, gift here. We can open it together. So this is an icon when um, the, the holy card that I made as a priest, this is the image that I chose. It's Our Lady of Tenderness, uh, where Jesus and Mary are sort of cheek to cheek. And uh, a beautiful icon for me of, of who God is, God being with us, and how our Mother Mary helps us to get close uh, to our Lord and to his heart. And so I want to present this to you, um, and I love you. My mom just, you know, she's constantly coaching me and telling me what to do and not to do. And so she just said, don't forget to thank the choir. And so I do want to thank the choir. So thanks, mom, and thanks uh, to our awesome choir. The second person is uh, Deacon Lou. The next two folks have known me since I, was, since I was a lad. Deacon Lou, if you could come forward, please. So Deacon Lou, I went to... I went to grade school with his daughter, with his son. This guy gave me my first job as an adolescent. Uh, you've mentored me and been, been a dear friend and showed me the ropes as a deacon. And you are an inspiration to me of a man of faith and family and service. Uh, and so I thank you for uh, your presence and love in my life. And I'm happy to uh, give to you. This is a little cross that I found in Paris uh, with a washing of the feet which is sort of a symbol of diaconal service in a special way. Uh, Jesus washing his disciples' feet. Uh, may that continue to inspire your diaconal ministry and be a sign uh, of your, the goodness of your vocation and a sign of my friendship. So, thank you. Photo taken. There we go. Let's just square up for this. Great. Okay. And last but not least, I wonder who it's going to be. <laughs> Father Walt, get down here. So, Father Walt uh, has long been the family priest. Uh, He's been there pretty much at every important moment of my life. Um, Took me fishing, high school graduation, college, my first vows as a Jesuit, flew in for my ordination, and has always just been a loving, uh, fatherly presence in my life to me, as I know he has been all of you. Pope Francis, a Jesuit, loves to talk about shepherds who smell like their sheep. Uh, 
That is to say, priests who are really with and for the people of God whom they love and serve. And I know that all of you will agree with me when I say that that is Father Jenny to the core. Uh, we are all so blessed to know and love him. And so I'm very honored. So this is from the same place that, that I got the other cross. This is a cross um, with Jesus in a boat with his disciples in the middle of it. We all know Father Jenny loves to, loves to fish. And so there he is uh, with the boat, uh, with Jesus in the boat fishing. So uh, all of which is to say, my priesthood will always flow from yours. And, and thank you for everything. Thank you, Dan. We hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish. You can find other homilies, talks, and interviews at our website, basilthegreat.org, or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app. Just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. <laughs>